Thanks so much, Tanya. Happy New Year to you and enjoy the rest of your day. Those are today's scratchings. Let's now get into punters post-mortem for another Monday. It is the 3rd of January, first show for the year. We'll go to Chris Roots firstly and say good morning to him from the Sydney Morning Herald. Chris, as I say good morning to you, how was the weekend? It was a great weekend, Luke, and uh, welcome to 2022. We saw some nice horses there, I think. Dragonstone stamp itself is maybe a horse we can follow right, in, right throughout the year. Absolutely. He's a, a beauty dragon stone. Great turn of foot winning there on the Kensington program on Saturday. We'll chat about that meeting and more very, very shortly. Let's get down to Melbourne and say good day to form guru Dean Lester. Dean, good morning to you. How was the weekend, mate? And Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Luke. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, we had Friday night racing at the Valley, very competitive, but Saturday... Uh, we had the early start, uh, we had the two feature races. I think Lighthouse winning the uh, Chester Manifold Stakes was the highlight, and she's a good mare. I don't know which way they'll go with her, whether they keep her relatively fresh and keep her weight down for a race like the Coolmore Classic. She's a good mare. She's unbeaten in Australia now, four from four. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to getting your thoughts, mate, on that horse and more. How did you see the track there on Saturday? Did it play okay at Flemington? Yeah, it played really well. Uh, it was, uh, you know quite unusual that you know we obviously had the early start uh, but there was no real bias to it and uh, the cool change came in early so we actually did the racing through the hottest part of the day as it was anyway so could have uh, stayed at normal times but uh, weren't to know that at the time. Absolutely let's say hello to Glenn Munsey good morning to you Glenn. Good morning Luke good morning Chris good morning Dean good morning listeners welcome to 2022 I hope 2021 finished on a high note and 2022 has begun on a positive note because it's always good to uh, end the year and then start the new one on a high. Certainly is mate uh, 13.53.53 if you'd like to get in touch with Chris Roots, Glenn Munsey, Dean Lester or myself Luke Marlow if you've got a query question We'll do our best to answer it for you over the next 45 minutes or so. Let's let's go to Dragonstone firstly, since Chris brought him up at the top. He's a, a lightly raced horse, uh, Chris, that's building a good record for Mark Newnham and, and Tyler Schiller just rolling that, rode him that little bit colder on Saturday and he, he showed a lovely turn of foot winning race seven. I think that's always been Mark's want to ride him with, without, with, a, with a sit and once he did, we saw what he can, what he can do. It's only the feats come to back and Alia, which went out on one of Gosford Guineas. So um, often good horses find good horses throughout their careers, even at the lower levels, and can always be a good measure of a horse that, you know, they might get beaten by one that's a, that's a little bit better than it, but still show that it's um, up to stakes grade. And I think this horse, I don't know, there's a few people in it. Matt, Matt Jenkins is in it. Um, Andrew Giorgio from the tab, they're all in it. I think they're going to have a bit of fun with this bloke. Absolutely, they are. Well done to the boys. Munns, did he impress you on Saturday, Dragonstone? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, Matty Jenkins is not actually in the horse. His parents are the owners. Uh, Matty, I think, might have either put them in it as, as a present. But, um, yeah, congratulations uh, to them. Um, i tell you what, I was impressed with how well DeGrowan fought on, considering how hard they went uh, up in front there. And Dragonstone had the sort of cold sit uh, on them. Um, Leo, you know, punctured and finished down the uh, down at the end of the field so um, Dragonstone he, he 
just the way he was ridden, Mark Newnham pressed all week that the fact he wouldn't be ridden in the same way that he was at his previous run. He had the conditions to suit him with the way that the race was run there. And uh, he, he was, um, you know, he, he was very, very well back. He would have been the best back runner of the day there on Saturday when you consider in the morning, uh, $2.50 was first price bet about him. That was after scratchings at uh, 7.30. And he ran... A dollar eighty, I think you'll find after being a dollar seventy-five. Now, that's a big go in anyone's language on a Saturday. Mm, no doubt. And in terms of Holdmans, um, I don't know if you had the machine open, but they just kept coming for him, and he would have been holding a stack by the time they jumped in that race. Yeah, well, that's a, and uh, you know he, he was the, sort of the one of the anchor legs of multis. Uh, not that the multis, uh, a lot of them came off because some of the other anchor legs uh, got run over, which in, included uh, too much to bear in the next race there, uh, who was you know well supported all throughout the day as well. But uh, they were happy to collect um, uh, those people, especially those people that had the two dollars fifty. Now, uh, Maddie told me actually Saturday night that uh, having a let up now. Uh, and the Arrowfield will be the aim during the championships for Dragonstone. All right, thanks for that, Munz. Got a question on the line here from Toddy for Dino, just in regards to jockey welfare, and we certainly do our absolute best to answer any of these queries when uh, when raised. Dino, um, the welfare of jockey Dean Yendel had a terrible fall a couple of weeks ago, looked really bad, and as a fan, just wondering uh, how he's getting on. That's from Toddy. Do you have any update on how Dean's going down there, Dean? Yeah, he'll be, he'll be out for a while, Luke. Uh, he uh, fractured a C3 in his neck, uh, the C3. So uh, it was a stabilised fracture. So uh, he spent a bit of time in hospital. I think he's out now. And uh, it was a nasty fall. He was going to win the race and the horse just uh, shied and, uh, and the field virtually went over him. So uh, it was a nasty incident. But, uh, yeah... Dean Yendel, who rides 100-plus winners of the every year, uh, he'll be out for a, a little while. Yeah, thanks for the uh, text, Toddy, and thanks to you, Dean, for answering that. We'll stay on Melbourne now, guys, and, and talk about this mare that won the Chester Manifold Lighthouse for Kieran Maher and David Eustace, Jai McNeil on board. This looked a, a well-backed favourite, Dean, and building a great record, as you alluded to at the top of the show, Lighthouse. Yeah, she is, Luke. Uh, she started off Kyneton Cup Day, so the day after Melbourne Cup Day, we saw her make her Australian debut in a benchmark race at Kyneton, and she won on wet ground that day, and she won well. She won at Ballarat on Ballarat Cup Day, went up to the next grade at uh, Flemington and was quite impressive, and yet on Saturday uh, to listed level, and it was a genuine listed race. Uh, it was a, a lot stronger race than the Chester Manifold's been in recent years, probably... Uh, three or four kilos stronger and uh, she beat looks like Elvis who you know well and he's a good tough dry tracker not to be missed was the last start winner in Crosshaven and Age of Chivalry Quinella the Chatham on uh, the final day of the Flemington Carnival so uh, yeah there's plenty to say that she beat a handy field and she actually missed the start and got into an awkward spot so then pushed out I, I thought she showed a lot of race craft as well as natural talent on Saturday. Where do you think she can she can get to, Dean? Like her last three wins have been fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred. Has she got any scope to you know get to a mile or uh, any further? Yeah, I reckon she might, Munns. I certainly think that they should be aiming up at a race like the Coolmore Classic because she'd still be relatively low in the handicap uh, at fifteen hundred metres. I think uh, just a little back off now and and aim up at that. I think she'd. Uh, She'd go very close. So she's a, a really good talent. And, and wet or dry is the other thing. She can handle whatever sort of is presented to her. 
No, no, she got in a little bit of trouble there, sort of at the top of the straight. She just ran into an area where you thought, oh, this is going to be a bit sticky. And But when the gap came was the most impressive thing. She she bulldozed her way through and, and really let go. And we know it looked like Elvis isn't a bad horse. He, he, he's run fifth in an Epson, so it sort of gives you a good idea of where she sits. So she's not that far off being that top-level um, miler, is she? Yeah, in a, certainly in mare's grade, uh, Chris. And, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's what I was saying about the racecraft, that when she, that uh, not to be missed, was there to be bumped out of the road, she just dropped the shoulder onto him and uh, and made made the room and then sprinted straight away. Uh, it was an immediate acceleration. And, uh, no, she's, she was certainly the highlight of uh, Flemington Saturday. Pretty astute purchase too, guys. I mean, an American horse. Um, I see she was sort of... What races Santa Anita, etc. Over there, so I'm I'm not sure how that come uh, come about, Dean. But that could be a formula that we might see a little bit more of because she's been a real success story. Yeah, the the managing part owner of Away Game um, in the girls syndicate, Hannah, and I, I can't remember her surname. She's American, and she sent uh, Lighthouse out here, so she was the one that sort of discovered that uh, maybe she's the the right sort of horse for. Australian turf conditions, and uh, they've got it right so far. They certainly have. Russell's called in on 13.53.53. Good morning to you, Russell. Good morning. What's your question, mate? Um, I haven't seen Scarlett so race around um, South Australia. She's kind of disappeared. I was just wondering if you fellas know what happened to her. What was the name, mate? Yeah, I just Scarlet missed it. So, I, I, it's Scarlet the jockey. So. Um, she's, I don't know uh, where she's at. Uh, yeah, she just kind of disappeared. She gave Doug's journey a crack of a ride over in one of the uh, provincial tracks in South Australia one day. Didn't go around a horse, went up the inside, and it was paying like 10 or 12 bucks. Yeah, her last ride was the 15th of October at Murray Bridge, and before that she rode in Launceston on the 13th of October. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the South Australia? Is it TRSA? Yeah, TRSA, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might have a look at that. And that lady's name, Dean, I think is uh, Helen Matheson. Matheson, that's right, yep. Yeah. Hannah yeah. Matheson, yeah, not too sure, Russell. I, I see the boys are right. Hasn't ridden in a race since the fifteenth of October. So um, look, we'll if we if we get some information before the end of the show, I'll, I'll air it for you, mate. Um, just what's happening with Scarlet there, but she could be um, out injured or suspended. Um, we're not too no, sure. No, I don't so. think she's suspended. She's actually an apprentice. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you know it was she Singaporean. I can't. I'm not quite sure where. If yeah, she's she gone, went back home. Might have gone home. back home. That's what I was thinking because yeah. uh, they've got that sort of system. Um, we've seen a few of the, uh, a lot of the good Hong Kong uh, seniors now have a stint of twelve months uh, in uh, South Australia, and at the moment, uh, I think Angus Chung and a couple of others are, are riding there. So she might have been just part of that system. Um, mm. I'm thinking. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Russell. If we uh, get any more information, we'll air it for you. And you're right, there's been a few jockeys do that, Dean. Um, there was a, a good kid called Jimmy Wong. When I was up there in Singapore, he went down to uh, to Tasmania for a little bit of uh, time as well. Simon Cock was another one. He, he was riding up in Singapore and apprenticed, and he went to Tasmania and did a stint. And because you're only racing up there once a week, I think it's a good thing for a young rider to, to be able to do that, experience different racing, ride a little bit more. 
Yeah, exactly right. The Poon um, train would be the most famous, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the most. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's still up there in Hong Kong and doing very well. Yeah. Uh, boys, I noticed a couple of mentions from you both in your horses to follow Re Too Much to Bear. So we might go to that race in Sydney and discuss him. Look, I, I, he got a little bit keen, didn't he, Chris? Uh, too Much to Bear on Saturday, racing closer. Yeah, but I think they they race closer thinking they might get a bit more speed and there's just no speed in the race. And as you saw, the the, the leader kicked on. Canasta probably wasn't suited by not having that much speed in it and uh, for Valley did a good job to win the race. But it was just one of those things. You, uh, once the speed came out of it, he got a little bit keen and that, was, that sort of took care of his chances. He he battled on for second, but he's, he's, he's certainly going to win more races once. Yeah, I think you'll find you'll find him in a probably in a two thousand metre race. His next run there, he was. He can, you've got to realise too, he was second up in that race there. Uh, he's only had nine starts now. Uh, he's managed to win four of those nine starts. Have three, um, three. Uh, four placings away from it. His worst run was at uh, Kembla uh, back in August, and you know, in his other runs were very, very good. Look, it was a completely different race, and everyone that did the race Saturday, you said, well, with Canasta in the race and Four Valor in the race, they've got to roll along. But Timmy Clark was, uh, sorry, uh, Regan Bayless was too smart on Four Valor. He, he just did enough to keep Canasta going without going too hard in doing it. And and Canasta, as we know, he, he's probably got to beat you off with, with sheer speed because then he's going to... He just lays into the fence. So when he couldn't get a break on them, uh, Four Valor was there to pounce. And it, and it, was, a, it was a good win, Four Valor, because when you're sitting outside the lead in any sort of race whatsoever, you're doing a bit more work than what you think. And the other thing with it was, was that... I think, as you say, 2,000 metres for too much to be in next time. He was a little bit one-paced and, and and raced maybe a little bit flat second up, Not didn't have that spring in his legs that he did. But on the line, he was doing his best work. 13.53.53 is that open line number if you've got a question for Chris Roots, Glenn Munsey or Dean Lester. So it just sounds like you two are not dropping off. Uh, despite him being beaten and a well-backed favourite, Munz, uh, you're, you're happy to stick solid with this horse too much to bear. Well, I am, because at the end of his last preparation, he stretched out to 2,000 metres at Kemba. Now, that was uh, in September, and he, that was in the, the situations when we were alternating between uh, Rose Hill and, and Kemba each and every Saturday in the midst of COVID here. And, you know, he did enough that day. And, and uh, I, I, I heard someone say on Saturday, and I'll get Dean's opinion here, and I'll get Chris's as well, and yours, Luke. When a horse goes for a spell off the back of a win, um, evidently the trainer said, "Well, that's it. I don't want to send him to the well again. He's gone off at a, a gone. He's finished at a peak. Let's give him a break now." Is there any sort of? Uh, do you look for those sort of things, Dino? Oh, well, they haven't. You wouldn't think they've bottomed them out. Um, you know, often trainers can go to the well two runs too many, and then. They only spell them for the four weeks, and and you know, it's hard to get them back again. So they can then have a flat preparation. So it's a it's a good formula. Uh, if you know, I mean, Chris Roller's got the armory that he can, you know, he, he can really uh, be you know, specific with that. But it's just good training. And yeah, I do look for it. So uh, he had incredible form down here. Probably at the time we weren't thinking it was that good a form because he had four starts down here before he went to Sydney for a win and three placings, but. Two of those placings. One was behind Jump the Broom at uh, Geelong, 
jumped the brooms run at Mooney Valley in Canterbury since, and Mr. Brightside uh, he beat, and uh, Mr. Brightside then won six in a row. So he's had good form all the way through his career, um, too much to bear. So he's a very talented horse. That's another case of a, a horse finding good horses through early in his career and being sort of hidden a little bit from you. If you can you know, establish those races early when you're doing the form and say, well, look at this horse that's ran into Mr. Brightside and and, and jumped the broom down in Melbourne, you, you, you could make a big case for it as Brad Davidson did first up. And with Chris Waller horses, they often, especially these staying types, their best runs are usually their third and fourth run. So I expect him to, to go to another level at his next two starts. And just getting back to Munda's point, I think sometimes, Munda, what it can tell you is a little bit of trainer intent. If they put them out after a win, you might you might sort of read into that that they're thinking, okay, um, I don't mind this horse. Let's put him away or her away and target something better next time in. That's that's one angle I'd take with it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's something to something to look uh, look towards, um, you know, because trainers may have intent, uh, as you said, Luke, they've got intent on bigger bigger fish to fry. So let's not sort of, um, you know, take another bit out of him. Let's give him a break now and and, and see what he can do and may develop. And and, and even before he went to the break, like he was uh, his most disappointing run was that run at Kembla. That was a fi- that was a fifteen hundred. Well, Chris then went bang off a disappointing run. Gave him two weeks off and stepped him up 500 metres in distance to win the 2,000. Now, that's an effort in itself. Um, I, I must admit, I, I look away when horses are rising significantly in distance. Um, you know, because you just don't know when you consider, you know, he'd only been 1,500 before. He, he hadn't sort of uh, gone past that. And then he goes up the 500 metres in distance off a disappointing run and, and, and wins easily. Oh, and not the, easily in, in the, in the distance-wise, but he did enough to win. Yeah, and the other thing is winning a 78 sort of in, in mid-September. Uh, you know, you're right on the edge of the carnival. It was probably a good time to drop him out, dodge the good horses and, and earn this great money over summer. Well, Chris is very big on that. He says says 52 weeks a year, there's good money in Sydney. So mm. he, he's not a, he's not afraid to, to, to use, his, use his horses in a way that they don't have to take on the best to earn the, the best possible check. So he's very smart like that. Also in that race... There was um, Total Recall got home late um, from back in the field in a race that lacked speed. I think um, Paul Massaro can find a nice race for it in the next couple of weeks. I think it's uh, really a horse to follow. I might go around at double figure odds again. Yeah, and wait till he gets over 2,400 too. He's a real stayer, Total Recall. Chris is on the line now. He's got a, a query for the boys. Good morning to you, Chris. Morning, Luke. Morning, gents. Um, last year, back in May, a horse transferred from Ring one of them Tony's surgery down Camberway, a thing called Do Ya Punk. Apparently got transferred to Peter Moody. Has Dean heard anything about that or seen it trialling at all? Um, what's it called, sorry? Yeah, it's Do called... Do Ya, as in Y-A Punk. Oh, yep. I actually mm. know this horse. It's got ability. It, yeah. Um, yeah, it's won a couple of trials very well. <laughs> yeah, he's. I actually made some inquiries myself, Chris, because I was interested. And he's he's down there with Moody. He's in work, yep. but he hasn't jumped out or trialled or anything just yet. So no, okay. I'm not sure. Very I'm good. not sure where he's at, mate. But uh, actually, Alicia trialled him a few times and and gave him a decent rap. He was a very green horse and mm. and headstrong mm. horse. Yep. So I think he he's one that's taken a bit of time, but he does have ability. Mm. He does have ability. And the other one, 
back from November 2020. I don't know whether you spoke to someone the other day, Luke. Uh, Marsha Chula. I think Hawks had it. But I went down to Melbourne. Did you talk to someone the other day who was sold to Hong Kong? David Hayes? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the horse that um, Robert Quinn used to train. Is that right? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, so it's up, okay. right, it's had one start for one win at Newcastle. It's with David yeah. Hayes in Hong Kong. So um, have, have a look, uh, mate. Route? Have a look up there for it. That's where it'll bob up next. It's with David Hayes. Is it still racing under the same name, Luke? Yes, lovely. Yes, it is. And the only Why? reason I'm not going to oh, try and say the name is because it hasn't been changed. Uh, happy, 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 happy. Go, we, we. Um, oh, it's not. Like no, it hasn't, Mark. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, right, well, okay. Mr. Mundy, how do you pronounce? You love the French names. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult one to say. It's Monsieur Lamour or something like that, isn't it? Um, Monsieur Lamour. S U R L E U. Anyway, oh, well, thanks very much for that, mate. Not a problem. Um, both horses have talent, so if you can uh, if you can spot them when they're in, um, I think they can run good races for you. But I you actually know, made just a... got his pen out and uh, and started writing down. Do your punt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, I actually uh, had a conversation with a trainer or listener last week on the program. When horses are actually named, I think it would be a big help that when when they're registered, they actually get hyphenated out phonetically just to help help everyone out with the pronunciation. I think it would be a great idea that it's something that could be implemented and make it easier on all all of us, wouldn't it? Well, yep. Perfect case in point was Rubamos. Uh, in the last race on Saturday. Some people were calling it Rubar Moss. Uh, it's Ruba Moss because Kenny Lowe, one of the part owners, his parents' names were Ruby and Amos. So that's how Ruba Moss, uh, or uh, not, you know, got its name. And But there is, a, you can get to a situation uh, in, for example, Syndicate, horses with a lot of people uh there is differing opinions amongst the ownership group on how and uh, how it should be pronounced and why it should be pronounced in different ways yep exactly that horse uh that chris rang up about that he's asking about its name is marcher sir Le-er. uh the spelling m-a-r-c-h-e-r sir s-u-r and then the final word is l apostrophe e-a-u that horse it had one start at newcastle november 2020 one by five with kb jennings on and then it was sold to to hong kong robert quinn used to train the horse he got a a phone call and an offer and it was too good to pass up and it's gone up there to david hayes text on the line about special k boys uh winning at doombin on saturday it was good i guess to see him in the winner's circle again wasn't it chris yeah, it's he, he, he's, he's a horse that divides opinions and everyone's got an opinion on him. But realistically, he's a horse that's run to a rating right out right throughout his career and been able to hold it. So that's that's a good thing. And when he gets back in grade like he was on the weekend, he's always he's always a threat of doing exactly what he did. Be interesting to see how he goes in the Magic Millions Cup now. I know Godolphin target these races to try and get a couple of horses in. I think they got um were hearing in the week before, so. We've got a couple of a couple of horses there that they they might be able to knock off some of Jerry's money yet come um, Saturday week. There was a good tweet put out by Dominic Byrne about Kemantari that mm. um, uh, for nearly four years in twenty nine starts he's carried an official rating between one hundred and seven and one hundred and ten, and he's kept performing at that level. So although he may 
get this bad rap, the horse has performed at a, a decent decent level over a long period of time, and not many can do that, Dean. No, absolutely. Uh, and uh, well, there's nearly a movie in him, isn't there, that uh, you know, he was all but a Group 1 winner in the Caulfield Guineas, and then he was a Group 1 winner in the Randwick Guineas, and went to stud, that didn't work, came back as a gelding, got back to a winning form in Perth, of all places, uh, winning the Scahill. And then uh, he's, you know, he's won. His last three wins have been in three different states: the Gilgai down here, and then uh, the, the the race on Saturday. So uh, now he's look, he's a terrific horse. Uh, he he does divide opinions, uh, but uh, I think uh, as he's got deeper into being a gelding, he's a bit like uh, down here. He's a better version, but he's a bit like Sosi Bon. Uh, he's yeah. building up. A, he's building up a record of wins now. He, he suffers from being a horse that everyone had high hopes for as a three-year-old. That's and, right. And, and everyone put him up on this pedestal, and therefore the nickname Special K and things like that become, become that's what he become known as. And when he didn't reach those levels, people got dirty on him. They turned on him, re- yeah. They turned on him because he, because he just couldn't get to the level. Now, now as we see, as... Um, Dominic put out in that tweet, he's, he's, he's run to the right, you know what level he's at, he needs to be in the right race, and when he's in the right race, he's an outstanding winning hope. Mm. Well said, boys, and uh, credit to James Cummings, the way he's handled the horse, uh, I think, over the last few seasons. Pat is on the line, he's called in on 13.53.53. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, boys. Look, um, Jerry Harvey produced that brilliant three-year-old again at Gosford the other day. Uh, nostridium? Nost- how, how do you pronounce Nastertium, mate. Nastertium, it's Yeah. Now, it won brilliantly, yeah. but then later in the day, he produced one of the best wins I've seen, uh, a filly out of Lotteria. Uh, it was dead last on the home turn, 73 wide. It got checked in running and mm. had the audacity to win the race at its second start. Yeah, that was I John Sargent's filly. Its I've name is like Pink that. Ivory. Pink, Pink Ivory. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, if you watch it, I watched the replay a couple of times, and it was running. It was so far behind, but then it started to make a run. Got checked around the home turn. It was so wide, and it was must have been ten, fifteen lengths off the leader, and the leader got away. And then this horse just finished like a powerhouse. I don't know if you've seen the replay. Yeah, I've seen it, boys. What was that? It's um, it was a, it was a, it was a something. I think the last horse John Sargent had had that did something like that was Gust of Wind, and we know what it did. It was the last horse yeah, to beat Winston in the It beat Winston. It beat Winston. Yeah. That's right. And Gust of Wind at its first start must have given the the, the field about a half a furlong start and had that one at Cessnock or one of those. Sky, it was that Sky. It was that Sky, and it was Sky. one of the more. Uh, if you ever want to yeah, go and was... watch something that's remarkable, that was that was a big win, but. This horse is on its way up. Um, I'm sure Luke McDonald will be sitting down with John Sargent at Magic Millions over a glass of red wine and discussing where they'll go with it. Yeah, because Lotteria runs second in the Cox Plate. So, I mean, this mm. horse is bred in the purple. And, um, look, I mean, it, it looks like a dead set stayer. Mm-hmm. You're right, Pat. Thanks so much for the call, mate. I think it's Thank one you. that is, is in the right stable, uh, being a filly that's going to get some distance to to possibly develop into, dare I say, an Oaks filly. But uh, the way she got through the line, um, she was very impressive. And the other one, uh, 
Did you see it, Chris? Uh, Nasturtium win again. He's two out of two now. He's a four-year-old with Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexio. These horses are both from Gosford on Friday. He he looks one that's above average too. Yeah, he is, isn't he? And that's the sort of um, area we're in at the moment. We're sort of we're sort of are trying to identify these horses that are a bit better than summer class that can that will get through to maybe a Sydney Carnival or a Brisbane Carnival. Even a lot of these horses might miss the main part of the Sydney Carnival and and target races later on, like around Scone and and the Hawkesbury and then into Brisbane where. Um, you know, Queensland Oaks and things like that are, are very winnable races for, for a horse on its way up. He must have had a problem or something because I think he was a half-million-dollar yearling or something and you don't usually have half-million-dollar yearlings have their first run at four years of age unless there has been a problem. Yeah. Might have been, he might have, I think he might have ended up he might have ended up back with Jerry because he had a problem months too. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Marsha Solo means walk on water, boys, in French. Oh, thanks for that, Munz. Um, always good for Ella. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, I'm not doing a great deal here at the moment, so I thought I'd just, you know, get wide. Boys, Craig from Tamworth texts twice, so I'm going to have to talk about it, even though I'm still sick. Key Largo on Saturday. Um, Alicia obviously on there, and, um, gee, it's, it's been a topic in the household of late. Um, he, he just, honestly, Munz, I, I've never seen a horse have more bad luck in the straight, but... Craig, to answer your question, he's, he's asked, uh, what did we think? What did Alicia say, etc." I think it's a horse you could stick with because he's busting to win a race, he's flying, and he just hasn't had much go his way or preparation. No, certainly. So if you missed its run on Saturday, get yourself to Specsavers or something like that. But there are <laughs> horses, there are horses that attract trouble in races. Now, I, I thought early in her career, Ice Bath was a particular example. If there was trouble to be had in a race, she would find it. Key Largo is like a magnet. Mm. Um, when, when you, you could see, like you base... a bit like Sorry, you, a bit like you laughed at six o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Well, <laughs> sometimes three o'clock, but um, <laughs> you know, we, you could see when they turned for home, she was in a she was in not the best spot in the world, and, and she was travelling. And uh, I'm sure Alicia said to herself, "Oh my God, what am I going to do here? Because I've got nowhere to go. Mm. I can't be pushing out because I'm going to knock a couple down. I've just got to see what's going to happen here, what pans out. And and sometimes races, well, nothing goes at a faster speed. And if you're there looking for room, you have you you can't help that. And, you know, uh, it, that's just the way the race panned out. But it, it has happened to Key Largo on a couple of occasions. Now, Bryce Hayes was interviewed by Richard Haynes on Saturday morning on Racing HQ. And, and, and Bryce said, you know, he's a horse that hasn't had a great deal of luck in his career, but he needs everything to go his own way. I think the it's thing the, with, na- with, the thing nature with of backmarkers, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, the thing with it was those um, midway races, there's a lot of horses that are fairly evenly evenly um, graded in them and um, if you've got a good one they can go there and win win fairly easily and then they can step up into a, a benchmark company but if you're a horse like Key Largo as you put, put it, he gets into a position where he's got horses that aren't going to go any quicker in front of him and he doesn't didn't have the ability to get out until the actual hole came so you saw what he could do at the end but by then it was just literally too late and Alicia was just a p- victim of of, of circumstances more than more than anything, and um, he's one of those horses that you'll probably follow. But you're gonna you might you might end up following for three or four starts before you get a result. 
He's got another win in him, the horse, and Craig, bless him, is apologising on the text line now for opening up old wounds. <laughs> it's all right, Craig. It's okay. It's part of the game, part of the game, boys. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a horse that he's got another win there. He's busting to win a race. So under the right, right circumstance, uh, I think he can he can knock one off shortly. Shane has been uh, hanging on the line there for us to have a chat. Good morning, Shane. Morning, Dino. Uh, morning, Lukey. I'm glad you got the phonetics right, mate. Yes, mate. No, exactly. Thanks for that feedback the other day. Appreciate it. Right. What's your question, um, mate? I'm on ask Dino. Cry me a river, Dino. Mississippi. Uh, no, I'm, I'm. Look, it missed the bob, but they went so slowly in that race. I know it was three wide, no cover, but it didn't pull. It didn't do anything. Jamie Carr got up on the inside. Yeah, it probably. Yeah. It was, there was an inch in it, maybe it should have won, but I reckon at about the 600, there were about three jockeys out the back wishing they were up three wide, no cover, uh, because they had no chance of winning and they'd gone that slow. They ran two and a half seconds slower than the uh, the race later in the day, over 1,400. So, yeah, I, I think uh, it's easy to pot the three wide, no cover, but um, I'd love to have won personally, but it didn't. Uh, but yeah, I'm not... You tipped yep. it and I was on it. I nearly had an aneurysm on the line. I thought it was Yeah, nice. yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to find a way to win, uh, yeah. albeit narrowly, but uh, stay gold uh, fought back and won. And while I got you, just on the, I'm a Seamus Award man, um, with Ongawa, that, that, uh, I took the 17 when bloody Squid Games knocked it off. Um, mm. Where's it go next? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be this week, I'd imagine. Uh, 1,400? Yeah, could do. Uh, I think there might be a... I'm just trying to get the calendar while I'm talking to you uh, about... Uh, I think there's a maybe a uh, 12, 1200 for him on Saturday at Caulfield. But, uh, yeah, wherever he is, he's going to be hard to beat. Because Squid Game ran really well again on Saturday. Just ran into a very good horse in Clemenceau. Why, so, why so. did they take it back to 1100? just didn't make sense to me. Why would you take a horse back to 1100? Squid Game? Yeah. I think program probably uh, dictated it, see, so, uh, I, and he does go a bit keenly to go to 14 just yet, so uh, I would think that um, he'll, he'll step up in distance in time, but he, he can get a bit keen. Um, but no, maybe Amgawa Wednesday week at Caulfield, maybe 1,200 metres there. I'll mortgage the house, thanks, brother. <laughs> hey, uh, Shane, he's <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, uh, Chris. He, he's nominated on Wednesday, um, Gawa. He's in two races. Ah, uh, yes, good. Yeah, yeah so of course, sand down. I've, I've lost track of days. Yeah, no, it's, no Dino, I know exactly how you, how you feel. It, um, it all bl- blends into one sometimes. But for Shane, um, have a look at the fields when they come out today for sand down on Wednesday. He might bob up there in, in mm. a race. Thanks, brother. Uh, no worries, mate. There, Tom is on the line as well. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Glenn. He's here, mate. Yes, you may. What's your question? Uh, oh, yeah, it's about daily uh, running doubles. Ben. I'm only a small punter, and uh, I like to take running doubles as an interest on a, on a Saturday. And uh, our second leg straight, you back the first winner, and it gets up. And the second leg winner, our second leg is scratched, and you take. Uh, they give you a substitute. Well. If you wanted that substitute, you'd have taken it in the first place. I, I think it's a complete rip-off. On Saturday there, now I've taken... Uh, Camillari, was it? Camillari. Whatever. Special, and I had special that with something, Barry's Mount. It was scratched. 
the next horse was scratched, and I get something else. I get the next as a substitute. Well, to me, that's a complete rip-off. Well, the reason there's substitutes in paramutual, which is different than fixed odds, is you are affecting the pool. And if you got a, a refund, therefore the pool is reduced in the second leg. And you're talking about Saturday when the track was downgraded at Doom and it started the day as a, a soft... Uh, I'll go to my notes, extensive notes here. Uh, started as a soft five, was downgraded to a soft six, I think, prior to the first, and finished a heavy ten. And the last race, which was the nudgy, um, Isotope came out, then Jamea came out, and they were the two favourites in the yeah. last race. Yeah. So, if, for example, the, the the winner of that race, Salatine, who was... Um, I think might have been 100 to 1 in the morning, was definitely at least $71, started $17. So the market was completely carved apart there. Yeah, but you're betting into a paramutual product, and that's why you're given substitutes, because there'd be just as big a blow-up if someone's betting into a pool that's, say, $20,000, and if everyone gets a refund, the pool finishes $6,000. Yeah, it seems a rip-up to me, because it happens so many times. You back a winner, and you, you do your money if it's scratching the substitute. And nine out of ten, the substitute gets beat anyway. Well, you're going on to the favourite, and a lot of people, as you said, there's specific reason of betting into a particular race, although, um, you know, it's, I, I, it's I to understand. bet around the favourites to create some value because you know the favourites will be shorter in a paramutual product because they're holding the most money. That's why they're favourites in a paramutual, uh, not necessarily in a fixed odds market that the favourite is holding more money. But in a paramutual market, that's why it is favourite because it's holding more money. And sometimes the big six, uh, the big six substitute is different to the quaddy substitute because they've got different rules. And as Ian Craig used to say, the answer is a pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks I'm Tom. I'm a small partner, but I get sick of uh, done when I've got the first league winner and the second league scratches the barrier. Yeah. Mate, I hope that answers your question. Um, keep firing the bullets, though, mate, uh, because at least you're finding a winner. So uh, you're going you're gonna to kick. I've got faith. Let's go to our next caller, and that's Cole, who's on the line. Good morning, Cole. G'day, Luke. Hello, boys. Fellas, it's an old chestnut that um, uh, I know we've only got 10 minutes left in the show and Munji will probably finish off by saying the answer's a pineapple. But to me, it's black and white. How can the steward, in a, uh, the case of a protest, third against first upheld, how can they possibly give the race, award the race to the second horse when they've conclusively beyond any reasonable doubt, agreed that the third horse would have beat the first horse without the interference. The, the, the reason is that the second horse hasn't done anything wrong. Hasn't done anything It's promotion wrong. So it and relegation. It can't be, it can't be, um, it can't be disadvantaged because uh, a horse has been interfered with and run third, third. So basically it's just, you just drop the, you drop the horse that, that, that is, um, that that loses the process behind the horse that protested against it. So yep. if it's four, if it's fourth against first, the same thing had happened. Second second becomes first, third becomes second, and basically because it doesn't, it the second horse has never got a chance to to prove that it's a, a better horse than the third horse because the third horse was interfered with. It's got nothing. It had it, it's done nothing wrong, and 
you want it to, you want the winner, the third horse it's to be promoted great, above yeah, it. it. Doesn't make sense. The, sec, the second horse done nothing wrong, but but the first horse beat it without interfering with the second horse, and the stewards have ruled that the third horse would beat the first horse without the interference. Therefore, automatically, the third horse must beat the second horse. I don't agree with that. No, oh, so it has to. No, no. Well, I, you yeah, I, said that the, the yeah. second horse done nothing wrong. Yeah, the third the, the third horse, horse is being wrong. deemed they've to. Ruled, they've ruled the third horse would have beat the winner had the yeah. interference not occurred. So therefore, it must have been because the first horse beat the second horse without any interference. So you just swap them around. No, you you go through three goes to one, Dean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Three goes to one, and one goes to three. And one goes to three, correct? Mm. It makes it's... sense. I don't understand how on earth they can rule three beats one, but he wouldn't have beat two. Because the, the horse that has caused the interference must finish behind the horse <coughs> that it interfered with. See, that that that's the rules. It's promotion and relegation. The, so one, know, interfere yeah, the, the, one interfere with three and they've upheld it. So if three would have beat one without the interference, you automatically must have beaten two. But two's not had the opportunity to... It hasn't been interfered three. with. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I, look, I'm a bit of the caller. Two never got interfered with. Yeah. Uh, a lot of owners and punters, uh, to me, Volandis has done a wonderful job. To me, this is black and white. And owners and punters, if it happens, they lose a lot of money. And it makes no sense. Thanks for the call, uh, Cole. Understand the the frustrations, mate. Uh, we'll get to Les now, who's on line three. Are you still there, Les? Good morning. No, he's gone. We'll move on from Les. Um, Happy New Year, boys. Can De- Dean give me his thoughts on Tiger Tiger and where its targets may lie? Impressive win, standout leg, and a successful quaddy. Mitch from Toronto. So Mitch has had a fill-up, Dean, and... He wants your thoughts on that runner. Uh, well, he did, he's, he came over from New Zealand a 12-start maiden, and within about eight runs or nine runs, and all-in-one preparation, he's now a bagged handicap winner. It's been good training by Rob Blacker, who's got a knack with just keeping stayers going. He, he doesn't have many horses at all, but uh, he just uh, he, he starts them at a... Not afraid to start them at 2,000 or 2,400 and just keep them going. And uh, this was on Saturday. He was the last man standing. So uh, I think the initial thought was maybe he'd be freshened up and aimed at the Adelaide Cup. But I heard Rob in an interview yesterday mention maybe the Winter Series. There's a really good series here, the Banjo-Patterson Series, uh, for good money. Uh, they've got two or three staying races at Flemington and then the Flemington Cup, so uh, there's you know, probably half a million dollars on offer over four races uh, over winter, so I think you probably go down that path. While One of the worst results all day in Melbourne for us, Tiger Tiger. Uh, the two worst results was Tiger Tiger in Melbourne and Salatine winning the last in Brisbane, and Tiger Tiger was $31 on Wednesday, was $17 on Thursday, opened $18 Saturday and ran single figures or $10. What about Salatine? Uh, Salatine. It was over 100 to 1 on Saturday, wasn't it, at the start of the day? Uh, Salatine, I think it was either, yeah. was either $101 or 71 because mm-hmm. I've written down um, 71 with a, a line under it, which means okay. that's, a, that's a change. So it was 100 to 1. Uh, there and well with the scratchings but ran $17 it was mm. the worst result on the day 
And I even said uh, when we were doing the preview for Brisbane, I said there's you know there's good money for a, a real roughy here, and I think it was still thirty four dollars or something at that stage before the scratching. So someone's got something out of Salatine, and it's now three for three at Doombin. Thanks for that, Munns. And Dino as well. Just quickly, boys, a question in regards to William Pike. He's riding at Pinjarra today but didn't ride at the Perth Cup meeting. And I think that the regulations for... Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Munns, but the regulations for, on Perth Cup Day were a trial, but it comes mm-hmm. in uh, for everywhere across the state on February 5. So he will be out indefinitely from February the 5th under the regulations that will come in place. But he can ride up until that date. Yeah, and those regulations are... Um, double vaxxed. Double yes. vaxxed, yeah. 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 Vaccination proof to be on course. So I hope that answers your question. But yes, he'll ride for the next few weeks and then, um, yeah, he's, he's out indefinitely uh, due to his vaccination status. One more for Dino here, guys, from old mate from your minor. Unique artist on Saturday. Is that its level, Dean, or can it get a little bit higher? That's from old mate. Oh, maybe a little bit higher. I hope they keep her at 2,000 metres. Uh, it seems to be a really good distance for her. They tried her over further last uh, last preparation and she got a little bit keen and I don't think she handled the, the tempo of a longer race. But 2,000 metres at Flemington, she's two from two and she was only second up. So, yeah, she can win another race uh, this campaign. What time did you actually get that horse scratched this morning, Dean, uh, that w- was ruled ineligible on Friday night but was still left in a race today? at 6.30 this morning? Uh, Munns, uh, it didn't come up as a time, but at 7.25 uh, this morning he still wasn't scratched and he was still $6 in the market, even though he was ineligible at about quarter to six on Friday night. Yeah, this uh, this is something I've had a, a bit of a uh, soapbox moment about a few times, when, especially horses, uh, particularly, well, you know, they've been a maiden and yeah. they're in a maiden the following day or two days later. So, that, you know, I don't know whether it's up to the stewards. Well, uh, it is. It's not a. It, th- this is one for not not for the tra- the trainers don't have to deal with this because the yeah the horse isn't eligible to run. Yeah, and it should be, and it should have happened as soon as correct weights given. Yep. It, it should be just, it should be ruled out of any maidens. It's nominated for or anything like that. It's a, it's a simple thing, and same with class ones and class twos. The they're the ones that really hurt when a horse wins a class one and it's still nominated for a class one later in the week. You know, you can you you don't you don't notice those as much. But mm. that was that's ridiculous, and that's something Racing Victoria should um, should have should have had done clearly on Saturday. I must admit, here in New South Wales, they have been very, very quick. Um, because I'm talking about, like, I, I might be hosting a Wednesday and you've got a, a Thursday meeting that you're doing the, the Form Line Extra show for at half past five, for example, on the Wednesday afternoon, and the horses won a, a midweek maiden, and it's still in a, a maiden the following day. Well, I, uh, there were situations there, it was you know, they were left in potentially until the next morning, but the last couple of times it's happened, I must admit, they've been scratched very, very quickly. So whether or not uh, the stewards here have, have acted on it, they, they may have someone there in the office uh, looking for these horses because it's as simple as probably running a program and, and pressing a button to show your horses that are uh, in a maiden one day and, and been paid up as a, a maiden in for the next two days or something. Yeah, I think you'll find months they do have someone there now when horses are dual nominated and things like that keep a very close eye on them. It's one of my, my concerns now is with horses that are dual nominated in two states and the rules are different from 
uh, if you're dual nominated on the same program. I think if you're dual nominated on the same day, the rules should be exactly the same so that we get these horses out of the market because people are now betting a lot earlier and, you know, they're having to take big deductions like today, six, $6. You're probably better this than me, Muns, but I think it's about 15, 16 cents, isn't it? Oh, no, we're a bit more generous than that, Chris. We should only be about 13. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, some good calls this morning, boys. I, I like the discussion. Um, as long as it's uh, given in the right way, I think um, some good chat about the protests today, and that's what this show's all about. You can you can buzz up, uh, have your say, and, and create some conversation. I think it's, it's good that we have these uh, conversations as well. Before we wrap up the program, we'll go through your horses to follow again. I know we've uh, sort of touched on them throughout the show, but Dino, I'll uh, go to you first for your horses to follow out of the weekend. Yeah, a couple, uh, Luke, from uh, the weekend, uh, from Saturday. Reliable dude. Um, I thought he had a good hope on Saturday, but he's just not sharp enough for 1,600. I think you'll see him 2,000 next start, and he'll be hard to beat. And fundraiser in the last, I think he's a good summer horse. I think he's dead set dry tracker. He ran really well first up. Uh, he's got form up to a mile. He was on the wrong side of the straight at Flemington. Still ran fourth. Uh, he'll win pretty soon. So reliable dude and fundraiser. Glenn Munsey. Uh, well, the obvious, of course, uh, Luke, but I, I've found uh, two in the one race there in, in that midway Saturday. Key Largo, which I said, the obvious one, but he's super lucky. Now, if you, if you, he's got form around Dragonstone. He's got form around Rule of Law. Uh, now, there's no two horses uh, going better than those two at the moment. Uh, he, he, he's evidently got leg problems. He hasn't won a race for two years, but he's only had four, five runs now in that two-year period. Right, so I thought he found the line nicely in that race there, the same as Kilago, and once again, the obvious one being too much to bear because I think he's just now looking for 2,000 metres. Beautiful, mate. And what about you, Chris Roots? Oh, I found two in the same race. Too much to bear, the obvious one, I think. Um, he's ready to go to a peak performance in his next two runs and win again. Chris Waller has a habit of making these horses. Once they, once he gets them into their right right level, they, they win and keep winning. And I, I thought Total Recall, I thought just late, it just found the line so well. And if Paul Massaro finds the right race for it, I think it'll go around at a um, nice price. Dean Lester, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, mate Dave, back next week. Thanks for your help throughout the uh, Christmas period. I hope you have a good week. Thank you, Luke. And uh, I was always taught never take holidays in media. And uh, you're a living proof of it. Uh, Dave's got a lot to live up to coming back next week. I'm sure he'll be right up to the task and more, mate. Uh, thanks for your help. And to you as well, Glenn Munsey. Have a good week, mate. Uh, no doubt. Speak to you shortly. Yeah, busy week. Uh, nominations for the Wave Day today, but nominations for Magic Millions Day tomorrow, albeit the race is Saturday. That, that race day is Saturday week. So we'll have markets up on all the Magic Millions races, hopefully tomorrow afternoon. And we'll have some markets up on the Wave races this afternoon. And then this time next week, we'll be talking about Magic Millions, who we never even mentioned today. With the favourite now being a dollar seventy, Cool and Gatter will be the shortest price favourite since Capitalist went round a dollar forty in two thousand and sixteen. Thanks, uh, Glenn. Tab.com.au for all those markets and Chris Roots. You have a good day. No problems, and um, you, you too, Luke. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, mate. Uh, thanks for being a part of Punters Postmortem over the last couple of weeks. And thanks to you as well, the listener, for your calls and texts. They're greatly appreciated. One minute past ten. We're about to preview today's meetings at Maruya and Taree next on Sky Sports Radio.